and welcome to the Sacred City Life Podcast. This is your host, Pastor Justin Dean. And this podcast is all about helping you follow Jesus in the everyday, normal rhythms of life. And men, would you introduce yourself on the podcast today? How's it going, guys? I'm Alex Tay, Sacred City Youth Director. And this is Rob Spexer, Pastor of Discipleship. All right. Today we are sitting in my office. It's on a Thursday afternoon. It's been a uh, busy week. I'm a little tired and uh, just taught again at um, our Sacred City Leadership Institute last night. Done that four weeks in a row now. So four sur- four Sundays in a row preaching and four uh, Wednesday nights in a row. I'm a little worn out. Um, and we kind of going to just kind of riff. I got an idea. I got a question. I got something that's been rumbling around in my head and we're going to kind of riff off of it um, today for this podcast. So if you're hearing it, we are satisfied in our riffing because we didn't throw it out. But if you're not hearing it, well, it's a late week and we're tired. So here's my idea. Here's, here's my concept. Well, actually, let me just say this. Um, Dr. Casey Shutt was one of our pastors at Sacred City. He was actually our first elder that was ever affirmed. And our external advisory board made up of other pastors. We always kind of ended with this question, what do you think is the greatest threat against that, like that's contrary to scripture or is going against the church today? This was probably about five years ago, six years, probably six years ago, maybe seven years ago. I don't even know how long it was. What do you think, you know, what doctrine do you think is under threat? Something along, along, along those lines. And Casey said, the doctrine of creation. Hmm. And, and then he unpacked it in a, in a lot of different ways. And I don't even remember. I, I, from now, I don't even remember his answer. Yeah. Well, did that surprise you when he said the yes, doctor? Yes, 100%, 100%. Yeah, it surprises me. 100% wow. surprised me. Okay. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, man, yeah. I think he's right. And, and then lately, as more things have been coming up in the culture, I was like, dang, he was, he was way right. right. Yeah. So what we mean by the doctrine of creation is that God is the only necessary being. Him in his essence, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, eternally God, eternally happy, eternally fulfilled, eternally satisfied, eternally love, eternally everything. Mm -hmm. He's necessary. He didn't have to create us. He didn't have to create anything. But out of his love and benevolence and the mystery of his will, he chose, they chose to create us, yeah. which means all of creation is contingent upon his being. That means if he didn't exist, we wouldn't exist. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> from that, we owe him everything. From, like We would not exist if it wasn't for him. We owe him everything. Everything. And he, in his providence, chose to give us our family tree. Whatever our family tree is, he literally chose every piece of that and wrote it in his book. Grandparents, parents, great-grandparents. Whatever your history goes back. Most of us probably can't trace it back very far. I... I'm hoping to do that in the future, but I can't trace mine back very far. I literally asked my great 
great grandmother when I was a child, when I had to do this like family tree thing. She was in Alabama and I asked her, Hey, where did where did we come from? She said, Hun, we always been here. <laughs> I, <love> it. <laughs> I don't think my teacher will accept that answer. <laughs> um, but <clears throat> here's what the doctrine of creation means. The doctrine of creation means that there is a givenness to everything that we have. That it's been given to us. We didn't earn it. We don't deserve it. It's, there's a givenness. And this, this givenness, the givenness of things is a book written by Marilyn Robinson. And she just goes kind of, she's a famous author um, and uh, written Gilead and different books like that. But, but she's just meditating on this idea that we should be thankful, we should be grateful because of everything we've been given. And that givenness includes our bodies. That our physical bodies have been given to us by God. Now, that brings with it some, um, there's some consequences to that. There's some scriptures that talk about how we are to steward our body, right? That we are to use our bodies. First off, we, we are literally to love our neighbor like we love ourselves, right? So that means there is a sense where we should, we should love our bodies, our physical bodies. We should love them. We should thank God for them. Now, I realize that we have been affected by the fall, and so there are aspects of our humanness, our aspects of our bodies that aren't perfect, right? Um, you may wish you were taller. Wish I was a little bit taller. <laughs> I wish I was a baller. Right? <laughs> you may wish you were skinnier. You may wish you were... I mean, you can do something about that most of the time. But you may wish you were prettier. You may wish you were handsomer. You may wish you had long hair. You may wish you, you, had, you, didn't, you had hair, you know? <laughs> yeah. There's aspects of our bodies that we might not appreciate, right? But there's a givenness to our bodies that we should be thankful for and we should acknowledge that we are here, that we have cognition, we have, our brains are functioning, God's sustaining us, God's giving us the breath in our lungs, God's yep. given us um, everything that we have, and we should, be, we should be thankful for it, right? Every single human being should be thankful for it. And we are commanded by God who gave us our body to glorify God in our body. That's what he tells us. And, and he's specifically talking about um, sexuality there and, and that we are not to use our bodies in a dishonoring way to, to, towards sexual immorality and, and whatever its forms. Um, but here's what I've been thinking. Since, at, since Darwin wrote the Origin of the Species, which is the short title. If you don't know the long title, the long title is thoroughly racist. Um, 
and I can't I can't remember off the top of my head, where he propagated that we are our bodies are not given, and we are just an evolved animal, you know. Um, we have basically rejected the doctrine of creation. And we no longer see our bodies as given. I think we see our bodies as some kind of malleable cage. that many of us rage against. And this is seen in the person who's obsessed with the flat stomach, the person who's obsessed with how she looks in the mirror, the person who's obsessed with fitting in that size of jeans, the person who's obsessed with that size of breasts, the person who's obsessed with that size of biceps. <laughs> yeah. Right? Preach. Uh, but it's also seen in the person who says, this is my body. I can do with it whatever I want. Yeah. Like... When I when I when I say that and I kind of give that opening whatever you want to call that monologue what are what are your thoughts what does that what does that bring to mind Well I think that we I think when I was thinking about where you were going with this that the idea of separating ourselves from the creator we are no longer his creation but we are now um we're we're now in the in the place of doing whatever we want with ourselves and with our, you know, with, with our, with our lives. And there's no one to tell me what to do. Um, but I can do whatever I want to do. And so I become the authority unto myself. Um, yeah. And so, um, I, I, I see the, the loss quickly in this, yeah. you know, because I began using my body in ways that the creator never intended. So it's not like any kind of creation, uh, you know, we make something, if you, if you make a particular, you know, if you make a particular car uh, for a particular purpose and then you go off and use that car, if that's a car that's supposed to be on the highway and you take it off road, it's going to break down really quickly when you take it off road, you know, yeah. in the same way with our bodies. It's, uh, mm -hmm. we begin to use it in any way we want to. It's going to ultimately disintegrate and be destroyed so I can yeah. see where this goes yeah the long term I and can I, see where this goes and I would say on top of that <clears throat> when you look at a sports car you know what it's for yeah there's purpose you don't go off-roading right in that thing right yeah when you look at a 4 by 4 truck you know what it's for yeah Right now, you can use it for a lot of different things, but you know what it's for. You yeah. take that thing off roading, yeah, you can do that. But there's something about its givenness that points towards its purpose. Yeah. Right? Right. What we've done in divorcing our bodies from a creator is we've basically said, 
I am a purposeless being. There's, my body cannot tell me anything about my identity. Right. So when we have a male who has in his body 10 times the testosterone of a female, right, after puberty. And that testosterone does stuff. Yeah. <laughs> testosterone is real. Yeah. It pumps through your veins. It makes you think about sex all the time. It broadens your shoulders. It gives you a square jawline. It puts hair on your face, yeah. right? It causes certain parts of your body to uh, react. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. That testosterone does stuff. Your, your, and, the, and your body was built in such a way to respond to that testosterone, yeah. right? And that your, the givenness of your body points towards your purpose. As a man, you're created to be strong. Yeah. You're created to lead. You're created to initiate. Even in sexuality, you're created to initiate, you're to, to pursue what is softer, what is more feminine, what is, more, what is opposite from you. Like to pro procreate and all these different things. That there's something about our biological realities that speaks to our purpose. So it gives us some sense of, what you're saying is it gives us some sense of, um, at least a hint of what our purpose is. It doesn't give us specifically what our purpose is, but it gives us a hint of our purpose. So if you remove that givenness, what you're what you're saying is, is that now I can't look to my body as a means to even have a sense of my purpose, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and so where's the rage coming from? So you say we're raging, there, we, we seem to be living in a culture now that's raging against our bodies. Is it, Where's that rage coming from in, in the way we're talking yeah. right now? Do you well, I, I think, I think, I mean, I, I don't know for sure, but I would posit that it's an existential rage, that it's because I've rejected a creator and the creator is the one, it's, we say, Christ or chaos. Yeah. Yeah. That when I reject the creator who brings order out of chaos, I don't know what I am for. I don't... I, I, I've right? lost my purpose. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, think about you... it, think about it. When we look at a car, we know that car had a creator mm -hmm. and we know that creator had a purpose, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, sure. But if my body is the result of a billion different accidental circumstances that just re reacted from the Big Bang, right. then there is nothing, oh man, the big word is teleological. Mm. Like, there's no purpose, there, no end. There's no, no end, there's no goal. There's no goal. I'm an yeah. accident. If yeah. I'm an accident, then my body was composed by accidents and therefore how could there be a purpose behind accidents mm -hmm. there cannot be any purpose behind accidents there mm -hmm. cannot be any goal behind accidents and so therefore i am just a, i am just an absolute accident in the universe and therefore i must somehow create meaning value purpose for myself okay yeah and my body doesn't direct me at all. Yeah. Which, you know, from my perspective is absurd because 
it's hard to think in those lines because I, I, I believe in a creator. I see the givenness of our bodies and I see the naturalness and the goodness of sex and heterosexuality and and it's clearly we're, we're made for something. Mm-hmm. But we're see, seeing it in our society where hmm. there is a, a growing percentage of citizens who believe that it's okay for a biological man to determine intellectually, that's all intellectually, in his mind, that he is a female, and he now is going to compete against biological females in athletic endeavors. And there are people who are saying that is actually a good, mm-hmm. right? And it and it's and I think it comes from the rejection of the doctrine of creation. Mm. But there's if this is where we're going, there's like there's no end in sight. Mm-hmm. Like pr- buckle up, we're going to have epic memes for the next decade. <laughs> Because if my body doesn't tell me who I am, if it doesn't say anything about who I am, then why can't I be, why can't I identify as a 15-year-old? Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back to high school and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be, be a state champ. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or whatever, the, whatever the deal is. Like why- I think, too, you have to like, um, go back to talking about your rage, you know? It's like, where does that like come from? And I, I think for a lot of people, it's like, where do you spend most of your time? And for a lot of people, where they spend most of their time is a lot of time on their phones. And they're getting like what their worth is. They're getting like what their body is made for from social media and, and from their phone, where then they get that rage where it's like, I'm never, I'm never good enough because I can't look like this person. I'm never, you know, smart enough because I'm not like this person. I'm never, you know, beautiful enough because I'm, I'm not like this person. And then they get that rage where then, of course, they, they start to, you know, make adjustments to their bodies. Mm-hmm. Man, what is social media? Mm-hmm. Like when you think about it, what is it? Because in one sense... It's like, I mean, it's technology, right? Yeah. It's like artificial intelligence. It's like, it's not real. And I know there's a lot of people out there, uh, this is another way we're raging against our bodies. Elon Musk and his desire to put Neuralink, some kind of technological device in our brains that will allow us to have Automatic access to the power of the internet. Oh my goodness! Yeah, actively working on it. I mean, close thinks, and within the next year, he'll have prototypes. We are raging against our bodies. We are not enough. Yeah. I mean, isn't that the existential question, the gospel issue? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We are not enough. Mm-hmm. You're right. You're not. Yeah. And the desire to be gods, if I, have, if I have the internet in my brain, I'll have all the information that I need. Mm-hmm. 
if you think about it, we're trying to be a god. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> we're trying, yeah. to, trying to build a prototype. Bro, you remember, you know what you would be like at a party? <laughs> You, you know would what everybody's have, thinking. You would have Isn't every, there a movie out there for that. You would have every answer to every question. Yeah, actually, you know the date of that was fourteen seventy six. You know, like you would have every, you would have all the information. Now I don't know if you actually would because there's so much. We know that the internet is so much full of crap too. It's so yeah. much full of false, you know, false fake truth. news yeah. and false yeah. news and all yeah. this stuff. We know but, Siri doesn't work properly all the time. No, <laughs> but I mean. When when I think of Neuralink, I just think of goodness gracious, has no one seen a sci-fi movie? Mm. Like this is every sci-fi movie begins this way, and then eventually the the technology takes over us and tries to kill us. Yeah. You know, it's like Terminator all over again. Mm -hmm. But we keep rushing headlong that way. But so that's down the road. That's we're seeing that. That's the on, that's on the fringes. But right now, we see it in many different ways. I think we see it in the the mom who expects to look like some kind of social media fitness influencer. Yeah. After she's had three or four kids and she's willing to spend half her days at the gym and starving herself and doing some kind of crazy diets be raging against her body. Raging against the reality that you are dying. Mm. raging against the reality that you were made in the image of God and yet you were fallen and you've got 80 years maybe on this planet yeah. and raging against the reality that gray hair is a gift from God mm -hmm. and it's meant to be a sign of wisdom, mm -hmm. Proverbs says. Mm -hmm. um, that, I think that's, that's probably, maybe you could talk about, you know, the craziness of different, you know, butt implants and breast implants yeah. and all of this stuff that's going on today that's basically saying I am not enough what God gave me is not enough I must enhance myself yeah. surgically in, in, in some way yeah I think you really hit on it in the sense that what we're, what we're seeing and what, what social media has done for us is it's helped us to see just the breadth and depth of that question or people asking that question, I'm not enough, what's the answer? And so because now we live in an age where uh, you're a truth unto yourself, you know, whatever's right, whatever in your own mind is in your own, in your own heart is true, uh, we now can express that and we can express that for everybody in the world to hear it. But it, but it does really reveal this, this emptiness that our world is, is feeling, knows and senses and that the gospel is the answer. And, and so, but rather than turning to the gospel, what are we doing? We're turning to all the, this, this rage that you're talking about, a rage against our thinking that somehow if I have these different things, if yeah. I have, uh, you know, uh, my body's different, uh, if I am, if, if I now can express and live out what I think I am, not a male, but a female in this, in this male body, that somehow that I'm going to finally be happy. You know, there's just, there's just constant pursuit of happiness, uh, looking for happiness, not realizing that none of that, we're not made for any of that. And it goes back to your original question or the original problem, which is when you don't have purpose, you are, what, what are you chasing after? You know, yeah. what you're going to, you're going to chase after what you think is going to bring happiness. What's going to bring joy. You get it and you discover it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And so you're, if you, if you don't really get back to the question of why am I made? What is my purpose? Yeah. 
which has been divorced from our world now. It says you have no purpose because you were created from matter and you were just, you know, you're an accident. Uh, it's, it's hard to answer that question, you know. So we remove ourselves from the creator. We have just removed ourselves from the ability to have a purpose. And once you don't have a purpose, you're, you're chasing anything and everything. Yeah. And, and a, uh, a society is built on shared values. You have, to have, you have to have shared common values and beliefs yeah. in order to function. And if this is our new value, that every single person gets to determine their own value <laughs> and their own goals on their own, yeah. it's, it's absolutely unsustainable. It's, it's impossible. It sounds like C.S. Lewis in The Great Divorce. Mm. Yeah. When, when, they, when he reaches hell... And they, they just try to, they try to get farther and farther and farther apart from each other because everybody else's will violates my will. Yeah. Mm. And, and hell is isolation basically yeah. for this person. They just get farther and farther and farther apart from the rest of civilization. Yeah. And it's self-isolation. They've actually are running from everyone else. And in the end they are experiencing their, their, their own living hell is what that is. You know, yeah. that's yeah. a great book by the way. It's fa <laughs> yeah. phenomenal, fascinating. And it seems, and I love the fact that in that book, heaven is too real for the people in hell. Yeah. When they step, they try to go to heaven, they step into heaven, the outskirts of heaven, and the, gra the blades of grass pierce their feet. Yes. Mm. Because heaven is too real for their make-believe existence. Mm. Like, mm. as you move away from God, as you move away from the creator, you become less real. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's happening in our society. We've moved away from the creator and we're becoming less human. We're becoming less real. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say less human. We're becoming less real. You know, this, this reality is seen probably, maybe, maybe most starkly in... The homosexual, the homosexual, and let's just call it the LGBTQ plus hashtag, mm -hmm. squiggly sign, exclamation point, on and on and on we go. Whatever other weird signs we have that we could add to it, because Disney executive, I don't know, she's not the CEO, but she's up there. I can't remember what her title was. Just came out, I think yesterday, caught her on an un undercover video, saying that she has a transgender child and she has a pansexual child. And her goal for the Disney organization is that all of their movies and all of their theme parks would be represented by, so 50% of their characters would be LGBTQ, blah, 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 yeah. blah. That's her goal. I mean, she stated it flatly. Wow. And... That is the epitome of not knowing where you came from, more absolute moral confusion and existential confusion. I don't know where I came from. I don't even know what I am. Right. Mm. And, and now we're taking a confusion. We're taking a pathology. We're taking something that could be considered a mental illness 
and we're saying this is a moral virtue that we're going to now pump through all of our billion dollars, billions of dollars of content and movies and think Pixar, they bought Pixar, they think all your thing, but we're going to take this moral confusion and we're going to pump it through as a moral virtue. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, it blows my mind that human beings cannot see where this is going. Mm. They, they can't see that this in, ends in absolute chaos and destruction. Right. And this woman who's saying literally, the way I hear it, I have two miserable children. I've raised two miserable children with no values, who don't know who God is, who don't know who they are, who now are miserable. They're raging against their own bodies. And I'm going to now make the rest of society, I'm going to make other parents this miserable. Right. My goal. That's her purpose. Her purpose <laughs> is to make other parents this miserable and other children this miserable. Yeah. Like, so it is concerning to me and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's something that, that I've been meditating on f- for a little bit. Like, what do you, when you hear that, Rob, what are, you, what are, you, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, I, I will go back to this whole idea of this reality, and that is that, you know, we've been, we've been talking about marriage and, and how you, I remember you'd said, you know, if two men are, are married, they're really not married. Yeah, from the perspective of, of God's, God's word, you, you, you know, you, you qualified that and said, well, they're married legally by some kind of a legal something or other. But in terms of, from God's point of view, they're not because we know where marriage comes from. And so that's, in the, that's, a, that's a moment where they think they're married, but the reality is they're not. But then, so, so you can see the lack of reality there, which C.S. Lewis was trying to get at when, when we begin to define truth for ourselves, that we begin increasingly not to understand what reality is. And then to get to a point where now we are, we, we don't know, you know, now I'll go back to now the, the Supreme Court uh, nominee who oh, doesn't boy. know what a woman is. When she's asked, what is a woman? And she says, well, I'm not a biologist. That answer in of itself is, is, is ridiculous, only in that you don't have to be a biologist to know what a woman is. We know what a woman is. We, we can, I, every parent, when their child comes out, when, when, when that child is born, we, we pretty much know if it's a male or a female by what we see. In other words, there's reality there. And that reality comes from, back to our original point, our givenness. God has given us bodies. God has the creator of our bodies. And so we are able to not have to have a degree in biology to be able to determine where is a man or what is a boy or a girl when a, and a child is born. When you begin to define things in your own way, you have lost your ability to see reality. So in one case, what she just said there, when she was not able to answer that question, it is if she was in a, in a, in a room where a child had come and was born, she would have to say, well, I don't know if that's a male or a female because I'm not a biologist. She has lost her touch with reality. Yeah, and, yeah. and that's And she's wow. unfit. To sit on the Supreme Court. <laughs> yeah, if you don't know that reality, it, it's a little scary. Yeah, what other realities do you, do you not understand? So I was telling you this before, but a buddy of mine who's a professional hunter was, he just posted today this um, big buck that he had finally nailed. And 
put it on his profile and on Facebook and, you know, was really proud of it. And someone, somebody very witty underneath it said, great job. Is it a buck or a doe? And he responded, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. (laughs) This huge rack of antlers. And he's like, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. But, and it was, that was all tongue in cheek. But I agree with everything you said. And I also believe that the Supreme Court justice betrayed her true constituents in that moment Mm -hmm. because, so she was trying to win over the left and the far left and these people that are raging against their bodies. bodies. But she said, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. Okay. So let's go to a biologist biologist how do you determine male and female biologist yes. and they're going to look at chromosomes they're going to look at appendages they're going to look <laughs> like right biology so she's even and she does it she didn't know it i don't think she would actually in that statement be undermining the sexual revolution of the lgbtq plus because lgbtq plus movement right now is saying biology has nothing to do with it right we're mm. raging against biology we are embracing sociology we're embracing gender queer theory studies some made up made up academic pursuit academic discipline in the higher you know higher in our colleges that these genders that gender is separate from your biology mm-hmm. right right so in one sense she was dodging the questions she was being disingenuous she looked at least to half the population of the United States, like an absolute idiot in saying, I'm not a biologist, I don't know, even though she'd used the word woman 14 times Mm -hmm. in her previous deposition. But she also failed to adequately adequately express the moral revolution, the sexual revolution, because she referred to biology. Yeah, as a means to determine... Yeah, rather Truth. than rather than even reality, sociology or psychology. Yeah, I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a sociologist. That would have been a better answer. That's what if it, you were going to be yeah. consistent with. Yeah. The, now the problem is, is the administration themselves knows what a, what a what a woman is because they were intent on making sure that a woman was going to be one of their nominees. But right? did they did they succeed? Well, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's like I this, don't know I mean, either. I just feel like it's it's like we're moving further and further away from, you know, what the what our United States was founded off of. It was you know, truth, truth, <laughs> and a of sense course, of absolute truth. Yeah, exactly. And I, I just feel like it's you know we talked about how you know God is over you know like uh, the Constitution, all these different things, and we and we we see that that piece there. But we're moving further and further away from that. When we when we do that, again, it's it's just chaos every single time. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, I man, it's it's just hard to be able to look at our world right now and see what we what's what's going on. Now, maybe yeah. maybe we should, in, in one sense, hit in this way, and that is that we've been talking about Christ and chaos, yeah. And and the beauty of of kind of making those two those two kind of different differentiations there is that. Christ is king. Yeah. And he will have his way ultimately. Mm-hmm. So are we heading in, in, in a life of chaos? Uh, well, 
yeah, from our perspective, from our horizontal perspective, yeah. as we're looking at the decisions that are being made and, and how we have viewed truth and, and such. But ultimately, he is king and he will have his way. And his yeah. create, he, he still is a creator. I can deny his creation. Mm-hmm. I can deny the fact that I'm part of his creation. I'm still his, his creation. Yeah. He still is the creator. He is still king. He's going he's gonna to do something out of this um, and, and make a way for him to be glorified through yeah. this. And so there is, we're, we're, not, we're not sitting in here hopeless uh, yeah, <laughs> in yeah, this yeah. room, and, yeah. and we need to be clear on that. Yeah, that yeah, uh, sure. there, there's a purpose. God has a purpose for these things. All of these things happen according to his will. Uh, he, he's working out something in, in our world that, uh, that it will be beautiful in the end. Yeah, we can see every time like when our our purpose isn't lining up with God's purpose. There's always going to be chaos in the midst of that. Yeah, it's, but so we can. I think it's very clear for most Christians to see the extreme cases of people raging against mm-hmm. their bodies. But are we able to see the way that we are raging against our bodies? Yeah, yeah. that's good because yeah. that the culture seeps into. Every aspect, even yeah. us, we're, yeah. we're influenced. Yeah. How am I raging mm. against the givenness of mm. creation? One of mm. the ways we rage against the givenness of creation and the givenness of our bodies is we push them to extremes that they're not meant to go to. Like God says, work six days, rest one day. Mm-hmm. That is an affirmation of the givenness of my mm body that I'm not meant to work seven days a week. I'm not meant to carry that type of anxiety, that type of stress, that type of pressure all the time. One day of the week, I'm meant to go, you know what? God's got this. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Rest is hard right now for, for the world. I mean, with COVID and being (laughs) shut down, everybody's ready to get after it right now. And they, and they're not going to stop until they get to a certain point that they could see in their mind, which is their purpose instead of God's purpose. And we're commanded by God yeah. to take one day and to kind of brush our hands off and say, I need to remind myself that I am the creation yeah. and not a creator. And I am to rest in the givenness of everything that I, everything, my body, my family, my ministry, my position in life, where I'm at, I'm not to grind seven days a week. I'm not to fight and rage and try to be whatever the next level this day. I'm to stop, rest, receive, and worship mm. the God who never rests, yeah. Yeah. right? The God who's always working. So I think that's one key thing we can take away. The second one is for us parents, this is a, a piece that maybe we're, we might not be aware of is how our children are being influenced mm-hmm. and affected through social media like you brought up, Alex, and through all of these different movies, TV shows, YouTube video, all this stuff that affects them where they they begin to sense that they are not perfect. Yeah. Like they're, the body they've been given is not maybe ideal, is not what they would have chosen. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, Mm-hmm. I remember as a kid, like literally saying to my mom, like when I was wanting to play basketball and I was like in third grade and I was like three feet tall or something. <laughs> I literally said to my mom, why couldn't you have married a black man? <laughs> like, oh like, a bla- like I was looking at Michael Jordan. I was like, yeah. I would have been, you know, like, why could you? 
I'm wrong. Something's wrong about me, you know? And my mom had no response to it. You know, she couldn't, she didn't have the doctrine of creation to. Mm -hmm. Now, all of us, all of our kids, they're going to have some moment like that. Yeah. There's going to be something. Their fingers don't work. They can't play the guitar. They, they can't sing. They want to sing. Why can't I sing? Why, why am I not the most beautiful kid in class? Why am I not the smartest kid in class? Why am I not? Whatever, whatever, whatever. That's a moment that parents aren't meant to like feel bad or feel guilty or, you know, like, sorry, son, I, I married a short man. You know, like, <laughs> like no, like you, you are who you are because God chose you to be just like you are. No God, one has that language these days. <laughs> no. And it's now, does God want us to maximize our potential? Sure. Does God want us to be the best us we can possibly be? Sure. But all of that is limited by our genetic potential. Yeah. Right? It's limited by Him. And so we're to receive that. And so, parents, as you shepherd your children, their limitations are a gift. Mm -hmm. Their their createdness is pointing towards their purpose. Yeah, it's good. Like if your kid is an absolute math wizard, yeah, that's pointing towards his purpose. Yeah, and if like me, math looks like ancient hieroglyphics. <laughs> you know, like that ain't it. That ain't <laughs> it. <laughs> that ain't it. <laughs> That ain't it. I never thought I was going to be a nuclear physicist. You know what I mean? <laughs> but he gave me a mouth. <laughs> yeah, there you go. You got to get the gab, oh, no. man. You got to get the gab. <laughs> That's it. And it was. A, it's a gift. It's, it's a given, right? It's a given. And we should thank God for our givenness. And we should worship God for our givenness. So. Yeah. So that, those are some. That's what's been on my thought in my mind, on my heart, what I've been thinking about. Um, anything else closes out, guys? You think we we all right? Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah, okay. Thank you. If you guys got any questions on this, please email me, justindeensacredcitychurch.com, or you can email rob at sacredcitychurch.com. We would love to answer those questions to the best of our ability. I say this all the time, but I want you to know it's genuine and it's real, that um, we love you and we pray for you. Our elders get together every Wednesday morning and we pray consistently and passionately for you because we love you and we are desiring that you to grow uh, into the fullness and the measure of Christ and we want you to be um, who, exactly who God's called you to be and we want you to be the best parents and disciples you can be so we are we are um, praying for you and so if you've got any questions email me we love you and God bless you